Father, we thank you for allowing us to sing this morning. Lord, we ask you to open your word to our hearts and our minds. But Lord, not just that we might know it. Our desire is not just to know it. It is to take what we learn and put it into practice. Lord, let us do that. We ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The goal of Bible study or the goal of small group. The goal of learning the scripture, not only when you were in the small group, but learning the scripture when you were on your own. You've got to learn it on your own too. Is that you are um, you are crooked. You're not set up right. You are laid down. The goal of Bible study is to, this takes a lifelong thing, is to set you up right. The whole goal of learning the Bible is to take the stuff that's wrong with you. And listen, there are stuff that's wrong with you. And the whole goal of that is to take that stuff that is wrong, set it up, and make it right. Now, right for what reason? That God can use you. This sanctification is what we have missed out of the church is we like the salvation part. We come down to, and we realize that we're sinners and we come down to an altar and we confess our sin. We receive Christ Jesus as our uh, Savior and Lord and then we're good. Get up. We're good. That's the start of your Christian life. It's not the end of it. It's not the start and end of it. It is the very beginning of what God wants to do in your life and use This takes a lifetime of learning. Because, listen, I have been saved 42 years. I was 18 when I got saved. And it has taken 42 years for me to... Fall in love with Christ Jesus over and over and over and over. And to take stuff that was wrong in my life and begin to set it right. Here's how the process started. When I was 18, I got saved, went to a youth camp, and I got saved. Buddy, I'm going to tell you what. Here's, I got baptized four other times before. But this time... This time, I was, uh, I didn't really intend to go. I went for the girls. I knew the girls that were going to be there, and that's what I went to the camp for. When I get to camp, uh, the first the Sunday night, <coughs> there, uh, everybody was smiling and happy. Not me, because one thing I hated about church was being a hypocrite. So I said, I ain't, I'm never gonna be a hypocrite. So, buddy, I didn't I didn't smile, I sit in the back and I propped up in a chair. And um the second night, Monday night, the preacher wasn't good, the singing wasn't necessarily good, but the guy gave an altar call and the Holy Spirit inside of me said, Bubba, you need to go forward. And that's Nobody at the altar. The guy was still singing and, and, and the preacher was still giving an invite. And uh, the Holy Spirit again inside said, Bubba, you need to go you, you forward. And I said, no. I'm not going forward. For one, there's nobody down there at the altar. I'm not going to get up in front of everybody, walk down the aisle so everybody can see me. No, no. The third time, I don't know why, I got up, I went down to the altar, and this is what I learned in Sunday school, or this is what I, I learned in Bible study. Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I got on my knees at the altar, 
and I confess his word to him. I said, Lord, you said that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, how would you forgive him my sin? Come into my life and change me. And whoever would call on your name would be saved. And I'm going to tell you, something happened inside of me that I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I had become born again at that moment. Now, I still had some trouble. I'm 18 years old, and I partied a lot, smoked up, and I had a lot of buddies that were influenced. But here on the inside, this spirit, in other words, my salvation experience, Cause me to be born again. It gives me a, a, a new spirit. A spirit of obedience. In other words, a spirit to do what I knew I couldn't go back the same way I was. This was the start of sanctification with me. I knew I couldn't. Now listen, I cuss like a saint. And I work as a carpenter. And buddy, anytime I hit my finger on my phone, I threw my hammer. I then began to cuss. And I worked with my brother-in-law's and all of them were saved, but not me. I cussed. I threw my hammers and absolutely just, uh, I went home. Took my belt off and I went home. And uh, well, when I got saved, I knew I couldn't cuss. So I went to the Word of God and I went to Ephesians 4 and it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, that it may minister grace to all those who are. So I memorized that verse and I said it over and over and over. But was I tried? Yes. I went back to carpenter work. I'd smash my thumb and, buddy, I'm going to tell you what, I was that close to letting her fly. But all of a sudden, Something rolls up inside of me and does this. I do this. I grab my thumb and I say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All of a sudden, I begin to correct. The Word of God begins to correct. I'm, a light has come on. I'm saved. I can never lose my salvation. I'm His. But I cannot, I cannot ignore the fact that he saved me for a reason. Listen to me. Sanctification is the action of making somebody holy. The scripture states this, that without holiness, no man will see God. Holiness does this. Um, let's say I'm God. Holiness does this. What do you mean? Sit down. God says this about Woody, your mind. So he separates him. He separates him. He's still in the world. He still, he still has his flesh. But holiness is this, your mind. Now you come back and say that. But he's got a light on and he belongs to me. In other words, holiness separates you. You belong to God. You're his. You are not your own anymore. You are bought with what? A prize. The blood of Jesus Christ. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you what. If I ever had trouble with my eyes, I was looking at me. And so I said, and I got in the scripture, and you hear them old, old time preachers, they talk about lust and stuff like that. Hey, that got people, cool, hey. You know, and they got they want you. Well, and Jesus said, You have heard it said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. All right. But he said, But Jesus said, But I'm saying to you, if you look at a woman in the wrong way, you committed adultery already in your heart with her. Listen, I'm in trouble. So here's what I do. I said, all right, I know, I know I've got to fix these. So 
I got hired on, but whenever it come to the lip, I, I first I turned my head. And, uh, I do this sometimes. I turn my head. You know, you see the battle going on inside me. It's a sanctification. The battle that is going on inside of me, this is sanctification. God taking me aside, taking the word of God and beginning to setting you upright so he can use you. He wants to use you down here. His desire is to make Jesus Christ in your life look good. We don't do that a lot. Well, I got a job with a Guy who drove a big rig truck. I was his helper. I was too young to drive. And so he was, uh, I'd help him on. One of the things that when we drove down 98 in Florida and Alabama and just, well, bikinis on the beach and everything, well, remember, Sanctification has just begun in my life. And I've been taking the word of God. I've been listening to preaching. I've been going to Sunday school. I've been going to youth group. I've been reading my Bible on my own. I've allowed the word of God to begin to change me on the inside. But man, my eyes was, I was giving me a fit. Well, oh, so I said, all right. Man, there's women over here with no clothes on, just like. Here's what I know. I'm up here looking out. I get my little New Testament from the Gideons. I can't see out here. I'm reading. Somebody tell me who's winning. The Word of God is winning with me. The word of God, and Jesus said this in Luke. Uh, it's Luke 4. Listen to what he says in Luke 4. In Luke 6. Luke 6, 46. He said this to the Pharisees and, and, and to some of those who were following. He said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord? Lord meaning, Lord meaning that when you receive Christ Jesus to save the Lord, he gets to tell you what to do. Above your own will, your own plans, and your own desires. His word dictates to you what you do. When you belong to him, he dictates to you what you do. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? In the words, they had become hearers of the word only, but not what? Doers of the word. And listen to me, this process of sanctification is over and over and over and over as long as you live down here. You're going to make Jesus Christ look good as long as you live down here and you belong to him. He is in the process in position your home because you belong to Christ. But in practice, you're not. Because practice has to do with letting the word of God help slay some in my life. Buddy, every time I got to lusting, I meant for that. I meant for that to stop. I meant. Now listen, they uh Dallas Theological Seminary had a class, and uh, Dr. Uh, Dwight Pentecost was teaching. And uh, one of the guys, and they had got on lust and got on pornography. And how many men in the ministry was looking at pornography? And uh, he said, um, one guy, one kid asked him, said, Dr. Pentecost, he's an 80-year-old man. He said, when does lust stop in a Christian's life? And Dr. Pentecost said, it ain't at 80. It ain't going to stop while you're down here. It's not, listen to me, it's not going to stop 
You've got to do this. You have got to take the word of God and you've got to read it on your own. When you don't understand it, you just keep reading it. You just keep reading it. The Holy Spirit that caused you to be born again will eventually enlighten the word of God or somebody teaching it or somebody preaching it will enlighten the word of God to you. For you to win, you've got to take the word of God in. Sanctification is the action of making something holy or an action making an action making Jesus Christ look good down here. You and I, as believers in Christ Jesus, have got to get this. We have got to give, number one, sanctification is the life of Jesus Christ being produced in the believer. It is the life of Jesus Christ being produced in you. Why do they call them Christians? Well, they're of, of Jesus or of Christ. You're American because you're from or of America. So. Oh, right, Christ Now, let me ask you. Would somebody look at you and say, by your actions, you're a Christian? Don't answer that. It is, it is the life of Jesus Christ produced in the believer by the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. When you became born again, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You belong to him. All things, all sin has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You become a part of the family of God by the Holy Spirit. Number three, through the word of God. It doesn't happen if it doesn't happen. If you are hooked on pornography, you will listen to it. You will not win there if you do not get in the word of God and let it have say so in your life. You will not win there. I heard a stat that over 60% of Christian men in church today look at some form of pornography. In Psalm, it says this, if I regard iniquity or sin in my life, God will not hear me. If I have a pet sin, listen to me, uh, pornography does this. You are not You are way upside down. In other words, God can't use you. As long as you stay there, he can't use you. You're not going to make him look good. You're not going to give him glory in your life because there is something that you are hanging on to. You've got to say, oh, wait a minute. Now, here's what you do. Can Christians be hooked on pornography? Yes! Because you live down here. But can you have victory over it? Yes, you can. Matter of fact, you must have victory. Because the whole goal is to, to make Jesus look good and for him to use you. Uh, Dr. Uh, Ray Steadman said that there was a guy, a husband and wife come to him in California, Patrick Church in California. And uh, so they came to him and said they've been married 15 years. And uh, he said, uh, the man immediately, when he sat down and coming to Dr. Stedman's office, the man sat down and he said, before she says anything, I'm just telling you right now, I've had enough. I can't take any more, and I want a divorce. And Dr. Stedman said, hold up, hold up, hold up. He said, why? He said, because she has never given me a minute's peace. Said, there's nothing that I could do to make her happy. 
He said, man, if I get up in the morning, he said, usually I get up and I cook sausage and eggs in the morning and toast, and she gets up blowing up about smelling sausage. Said, I can't dress right. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get me messed up. Said, I can't dress right. Said, she criticizes everything that I put on, and I have to change sometimes two or three times. He said, she thinks I'm looking at somebody else all the time. She blows up all the time. He said, I have had enough. I want to go. Dr. Stedman McDaniel, he said, Jim, uh, it's your fault. What? It's your fault, Jim. He said, well, I'd like to hear the answer to this. How is my fault? He said, well, you don't blame him. You don't blame him. Said you don't treat her like you did when you were dating, where every waking moment you were calling and you were interested and you were buying little surprises. And to the, he said, honestly, <clears throat> you just don't know. He said, here's what you got to do. You've got to begin to value her. He said, just don't talk to divorce. He said. Y'all just go home. And well, she was over at the door. You're right about that. It's his fault. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, uh, they go home. This is on the Thursday that they had to meet. He plans a, a day for Friday night. They go out to a nice restaurant. They have the best time. I mean, it was just wonderful. They had a good conversation. <coughs> Man. They had a good conversation. In other words, everything just went fine. Well, he gets up the next morning. He got a smile on his face. He gets there. He gets his sausage. He gets his eggs. And she comes out of there. She loves him. He said, That's me. That's me. I've had enough. So they called Dr. Stanley and get the phone with him that evening. They get in there and he said, I, we had the best time Friday night. Said it was great during and great afterwards. He said, but I get up, I cook my sausage and my eggs and my toast, and she blows up again. And he, Dr. Stedman, looked at him and he said, Jim, you think it's going to work just after one time? You think it's just going to work after one time? He said, Jim. This time. That is the process of the Christian walk that this takes a lifetime of allowing the Word of God to work out in my life. Salvation is the life of Jesus Christ being produced in the believer by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, invading every area of the believer's life. Invading every area. There's one day, this is one day, your closets are going to be opened up. It's better for your closets to be opened up. You open them to the Lord and say, oh, Lord, this is me. I'm yours. Fix this now. Listen, Lord, fix this now. You begin to cry. Listen, I cried. I said, Lord, fix this now. Lord, fix this in me. I know it's not right. I want your word to work. And I repeated his word over and over and over. Listen to me. He gave me the want to by the Holy Spirit to do that. Because I wanted him. It invades every area of the believer's life. Hebrews says this. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the sun and joint tomorrow. And it divides down to the thoughts and the intent of what? The heart. So where do thoughts and intents come from? Thoughts, what you think, and intents come from the heart. What you intend. You only will allow what you intend. Your will will allow whatever you intend. In other words, you've got to say, wait a minute. 
Everything must be exposed to the Lord. Does anybody have any questions? Good. She ever put a play about the sausage? He doesn't finish that story, but uh, I guess, I guess, without the word of God, more than likely not. Because, it, and it, it, it has to go two ways. He doesn't finish that part of the story, but he, he did give the right answer. In other words, he said, look, the, the man is the head of the house, and he said, look, it's your responsibility to love that woman, to value her. If she feels valued, she'll respect you and do whatever you want. I got a question for you, brother. Uh-oh. You're going to make Yeah. How many people did you find? How many people? Positions change from Christ. We know that. Right then it's done. Past the present Yes. How many people camp out and live in defeat their whole life? And they die. They stand before God. They're saved, but they just barely get in because they didn't really do it. They want to be here. How many times do you think that happens? Well, you can't barely get in. It is by the blood of Christ Jesus in that alone. Right. That's the only way you get in. Nobody barely gets in. But as far as your reward, very tiny, you will be responsible for very little. Yeah. Arguing with thousand year old. Do what? Like that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say 60% of Christians get saved, justified. In other words, their, their salvation, they believe in Christ Jesus. They accept him as Savior. But I will tell you this: uh, He will not be. He will not accept just the Savior title. He has to be Savior and Lord. He has to dictate to you what to do. Now, most of these, most of these Christians have been saved fifty years and still doing this. Da 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 da. Man, you've been saved fifty years. What you say, da da? In other states, they babies their whole life. God deals with it. And it's not my position to make them. You cannot make somebody grow. The, the individual has to give the word of God permission to change. You listen to me. You as a believer in Christ Jesus, you have got to give this word permission to change the way you think. You've got to do that. Let's say you cheat on your people. Let's say not. Let's say you find a you find a legal loophole good. You're right there. But let's say you find a way to, to lie about it. He don't mind that you make money, but he does care how you make. So, the Word of God says, tells us to pay. Caesar. Pay the taxes. Render unto Caesar things that are due Caesar. So, what I have to allow, I have to allow the Word to change that. Listen, I'm telling you, Christians are no different than the world outside of you when it comes to that. You've got to deal with it. And the more money you make, the worse it is. The more temptation it is to do something different. Well, listen to me. I never, I never pray to get. This is what I want. This is what I want from God when I pray. He blesses me when I'm when I lie down, when I stand up. He He, he has riches. But I want love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness. I want that to rule me. I want that to rule me. I want that to rule me. I want that to come out before anything else. Well, that is what uh, being a believer in Christ Jesus is. 
Sanctification is the life of Jesus Christ being produced in the believer by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God invading every area of the believer's life in response to obedient faith. A lot of times this is our trouble. Is we know what good to do, but we're just not listen. You rob yourself when you do that. You rob yourself of rich of eternal riches when you do that. Jesus says, Let him, let him who has ears hear. Can somebody explain that to me? Why would he say? Because most everybody that heard him speak had what? Ears. This one was that horrible man. The word hear and obey are the same. Are the same. He says, if you hear me, obey it. In other words, if you hear my words and you recognize what it is, what I'm saying, he's, he's telling you. He said, "You obey it." Now, listen. This this is this is something that we have laid on the backside, and we just not worried about it because we're saved, and we're taking it easy. We're strolling. But listen, God's got an assignment for every one of you that only you can leave. I can't get your son, nor do I have your kids. That assignment always has to do with people. Always. Always. There's a pastor one time they went to a pastor's conference and the pastor, all the pastors went to a nice restaurant and they sat down in there and they uh, had about seats at one table there and uh, their waitress comes up and she knocks over the salt. Doesn't say I'm sorry or excuse me or anything. Well, she takes her order and she leaves two of the drinks off. And the pastor says, Hey, we, we, we need two more drinks. And he tells her to put some drinks. She says, Oh, mate. She goes and she gets the drinks. And she was awful. She was absolutely pitiful. So if you get a pitiful waitress, uh, And it goes to the team. What do you mean? Come. You get nothing from me, buddy. I ain't going, oh, oh. She just, she needs to loosen up. She needs to be a little bit more quiet and serve people she'll do that. This passage is taken and she, she was pitiful the whole time. But finally, it comes time for him to leave the pack of races in, and he gets two twins. And she comes back by there, and she sees the tail, and she looks at him, she says, why did you do that? He said, well, you know, the way I figured is if you were just having a bad day, and you were probably going through a loss and I'm going to ignore it, and I'm going to be a Christian. All of a sudden, my assignment, she becomes my assignment with those men sitting around me. I said, listen to me. All Christians have trouble, but I know the answer to the trouble. He may not get you out of it, but he can get you out of an eternal trouble, and that's salvation in Christ Jesus. In other words, all of a sudden, if he had not given her the two twins, she would have went home mad and still in her trouble without the hope of knowing Christ Jesus. All of a sudden, this had just fixed me by me listening to the word of God, knowing that I'm here on the side. This has just fixed me for use. What is a chair for? So, 
What is a Christian for? It is to a Christian is to make his Lord and Savior look good. Just the way it is. Does anybody have any questions? I don't know. Ken, the Bubba can you believe sanctification can be both instantaneous and a progressive? You thought it was no, a progressive. No, 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 no instantaneous. No, 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 no. There, there is nobody who is instantly without sin. If you live in this stuff, you live in sin. And you will have to deal with it. There's no instant sanctification. Now, in position, in position, you have a seat at the table and it's got your name on it. In position, you're holy. In practice, you're not. But the word of God is lining me up down here to practice being set apart from God. I belong to him. I am here for his use, not my own use. Now listen, we've got our own thing going on down here in the sense that we do our own thing, we have our own plans. But I'm telling you, the word of God tells you you are left here. The church of Jesus Christ is left here on assignment for somebody else. So when you leave here and you get in your car and that person pulled out in front of you, you leave this stand with that middle finger down. <laughs> and you say this, no more. No more of this. No more. Lord, you... You rule me now. You get glory out of my life. You set me up for my assignment. Lord, you let the word of God have say so in my life. Do we go to 10 o'clock in do you think we do ourselves as a believer and even Christ in justice by kind of camping on the thought that once we're saved, we're good? No, because really, I mean, for salvation, we have to come to an agreement that we're really not. And I mean, we receive salvation as a gift, but. Well, I mean, that. That's not the case. This, That's the, not the, end of the, the reason you receive salvation, in other words, you receive salvation because you are a dirty, rotten, low down sinner and you hate the way you are. That causes you to come to Christ. You want this stuff fixed. Now, if I come because I'm making an assessment, now let you make this assessment, Jay. You're smart, man. Listen. I'm talking to Chad about salvation. Which do you want? Do you want to go to heaven and live forever, enjoy in peace, streets of God, or do you want to burn in hell? And you make the choice. A dumb person is not going to make go to hell choice. That's not salvation. That's not that's not making the decision on salvation. Salvation, your biggest need is not to go to heaven. Your biggest need is to have your sins forgiven. And that happens at the cross of Christ Jesus. That's a, a saved person hangs everything they are on what Jesus did for them. That person is saved and can never lose his salvation. That's the reason when you die, when you get to the gates and say, Why should I let you in? Your son will pay the price for my sins. Every one of my sins. That's all we got. Listen, I asked Jackie Trial the other day, visiting him in the hospital. I said, Jackie, Jackie, not doing good. He got some bad reports about his eyes. I said, I've done, done aggravating him enough up there. And uh, so, I, Jackie, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, when you get to heaven, when you stand before God, and he says, Jackie, why should I let you in heaven? I said, Jackie, what are you going to say? He said, yes. You shouldn't. But I put my faith and trust in your son. <laughs> you can do nothing for salvation. It is you having everything.
everything you are, you find everything you have on what Jesus done for you. You are his. Now, tares and wheats, and that's really what we get into when we, we talk about Christians who are minimal or just come to be saved. In other words, Jesus said that uh, let the tares and the wheat sit together. So in here, we've got tares and we've got wheat sitting together. Now, I believe this. You may not, but I believe this. I believe that a tear can be converted. Just like I believe a sinner can be saved. Child of wrath. Should they hear the should the tear hear the word of God? The word of God can be converted. But I'm about to do this. I can't do that. Why? Because you don't know. So what I do when I find out that sanctification is me making Jesus look good. So what do I do? First and foremost, if you haven't forgiven somebody, you find that person who's forgiven. Jesus, Lord. He says, uh, how many times shall I forgive my brother? In one day's time, shall I get seven times? The going rate was three. But Peter said, come on, shall I do it seven times? Somebody tell me what I'm saying. Jesus says, no, Peter. But I tell you, seven times what? Which is what? A bunch. In how many hours? In a 24-hour period. So in other words, he said, you forgive them. This the way you forgive, the same way you were forgiven. If you're hooked on pornography, if you're looking at things that you shouldn't look at, You make an assessment right now. You say, Lord Jesus, fix this in me. I'm sick. I'm sick. I've let this go on in my life way too long. Lord, I'm sick. Fix this in me. That's your prayer. Lord, fix this in me. And then you get into the word of God. And you, you begin to say, all right. He said this. He said it. If not to commit adultery, but if I look at a woman in the wrong way, uh, that's committing the adultery already in my heart. Okay, all right, I got fixed. I got fixed. You let the word of God begin to fix that in you, because I'm telling you, once you once you get it fixed, that uh, it took me about uh, three years to completely uh, get to where I didn't automatically. But I was constantly in the Word of God and I wanted it fixed. Any questions? Do you still love them? Yes! <laughs> yes, yes. Do I still have to deal with it? Yes, I do. Yes. Does the Word of God constantly work on me on the inside to fix that? Yes. It does. Yes, it does. No. So nor does the old man the, the flesh doesn't live but the flesh, your flesh is the old you the way you used to. You know, we're as Christians, uh saint by grace, we're still sinners. 
the old person, the uh, earthly person. It still does feel there. Yeah, I, yeah, thank yeah. goodness that you say that we have the Holy Spirit in us that should be beating us up. And that doesn't mean that it corrects us all the time, but should be reminded of us, should be there. Yes, 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 yes. In other words, the Holy Spirit is still convicting you of sin. He is still, he is still, you're still, we're still like this. We're still not, we're still, as long as you live down here, you will be in some ways like this. But the goal of Bible study and reading your Bible and praying is to be set up correctly in order that he might use you down here. Because he wants somebody he wants the seed of the word of God planted in somebody's ear by you that they say, I need Christ Jesus. Listen to me. If you do not get into the word of God, come to this class, listen to Brent preach, listen to somebody that preaches the word of God, and you take in that word and say, all right, I'm not only going to hear it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk this out. Now, Here's what, you, here's what happens a lot of times in a Christian's life. You'll take two or three steps forward and get out of here. And all of a sudden, something hits you, and you're going back two or three steps. That's the whole process. You look at Peter's life, and that's exactly what happened. He would go forward. He was looking good. But there were sometimes he would take four or five steps, and he would only go two steps back. In other words, he said, the Lord is not looking for your perfection. It's a good thing, isn't it? You know why? Because you can't produce it. He's not looking for you being perfect. He's looking for your coming in his direction. Just constantly come in his direction. Do you get off sometimes? Yes. But is, that's the same as abiding in the vine. He tells you abide in the vine. No, stay close. Stay close. Are you going to be tried? Are you going to fail? Yes, you are. That's the reason we have 1 John 1 9. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's your verse to go to him and say, Lord, cleanse me of this. This stuff is wearing me out. It's making you look good. And nobody else knows it, but I know it. Fix this in me. Fix it. In other words, I may be, I, I may be a, a, a closet pornographer. In other words, nobody else knows about it. I know about it. A believer does this. This is the struggle. If you don't struggle, you get in trouble. If the Holy Spirit doesn't fix And the Holy Spirit does. He constantly says, listen. Now, you can't do this. You can resist him enough that you grieve him. And if you grieve him, you know what he does? Just let you all And then hard times, trouble, trials, tribulation, temptation, failure after failure after failure comes. And then you wake up and this is destroying my life. Lord fixes you. And the Holy Spirit hears you say that. And you know this is wrong. It's It is, a, it is a process, but it is never ending. It never ends. As long as you live in this stuff here, it is never ending. But can you improve on it? Yes, you can. Can you make Jesus Christ look good in your life? Well, I, I, making Jesus look good in your life reminded me of uh, when I was about 25, being legalistic. In that I become a Christian, God was working in my life and changing things. And all of a sudden, I got to hear how good I was. And I got to believe in that. And in doing so, I forgot about the sinful part of God. I became the righteous part. And I became like Jesus said, He was spewed out of your mouth because of the raising the hands and shouting amen, doing some stupid stuff. And not that stupid in itself. The reasons why it's so stupid is that I had stopped growing in my faith, but yet still putting on the appearance 
Well, legalism is only, I do it only for himself. And then I spout it when I don't see it right in me. I become a legalist and I say, All of a sudden, I have become somebody who tells somebody what to do that I don't do it in my own life. This is the word of God is never designed for you to take it and put it At first, it is never designed for you to take the word of God and kill somebody with it, somebody else. I'm telling you, I've got enough trouble on my own before I start spouting out to somebody else what they should do. Now, a preacher is different. But here's what's different in a preacher. A preacher takes the word of God and he wants you to get it. In other words, he wants you to get it. But he's not legalistic in, in the sense that he has to walk out <coughs> and you have to see it. If you didn't see it in me, you know what you do? Exactly what you do. If you didn't see it in me walking out, I couldn't tell you anything. I can't tell you anything. It has to be demonstrated. Matter of fact, I advise you to demonstrate it before you talk it. Walk it before you talk it. Find somebody to help. The Good Samaritan story is not just about one Good Samaritan. He doesn't want that to happen. He helps somebody one time. He wants that to happen over and over and over in your life. You know, it's find somebody there. Does anybody have any questions? Find somebody to serve. Find somebody to serve is supposed to serve the peace offering. Find somebody to serve who is supposed to serve you. I think the next time David invites me to come preach, I'm going to watch somebody's story. Well, don't take yourself too serious. Just do not take yourself too serious. Let Jesus uh, be your all in all and who you want to satisfy and who you want to please. And then last, reach out to somebody who most religious people would write off. They may have tattoos or they have earrings. The most church things, religious things, will never do. This whole thing 
Jesus and make Jesus know. Hey, do you think, uh, <clears throat> you think what we believe <clears throat> as far as faith alone kind of plays into us getting stuck? And just logically between that and like legalism, right? We focus on faith. And so it's easy to get stuck on not doing this. Well, it is, it is faith alone. It is by grace through faith. In, in that alone for salvation. We're not talking about salvation. This has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation has nothing to do with doing. This has to do with making Jesus look good. You know, it is the process of Jesus being pardoned. The whole goal is Jesus Christ. You allow Jesus Christ to conform you into his image. That's the whole. This is not about salvation. This is not about salvation. You cannot work your way to salvation. I hope you don't take that out of here. This has nothing to do with salvation. This is the process of the Christian life. In other words, where it is, it says in the scripture, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and truth. What he's saying, walk out the salvation that you have received, walk it out. In other words, that's what we have. And we've done it for our own little us four in the morning. We've done it for that. But there is a big assignment here that he has for us down here as the church of Jesus Christ. He said this, you are alive in a dark world. Why? <coughs> you, he said, you are the salt of the earth. Why did he say that? Because he wants you to take the influence that you have in Christ Jesus to influence someone. It has to do with people. This has to do with people. This has to do with making Jesus so good and the process, and it also has to do with rewards. He said, if you're faithful a few things, I'll make you a ruler over me. It does have, it does have to do with it. And most of us think on this stuff down here. We think we can arrive when we get all we can down here. And we can blow our store and treasure in heaven. This here is about storing treasure in heaven. It's absolutely nothing about salvation. Salvation comes when you recognize that you are a dirty, rotten sinner and you need to be saved. You need to come to Christ Jesus for salvation. When that happens and you become born again, He forgives you of your sin. That's past, present, and future sins. And you are happy for it. Now, what you want me to do? Lord, I'm yours. I thank you. You forgave me of my sin. Now, are you going to have ups and downs in your Christian walk from then on? Are you going to fail? Are you going to sin? Yes, you are. You are. But there does come a point you cannot sit in here and sit in here for 10 years and not be used. And he's not using you for anything. He's using you to make money, gain material things, and eat. And that's it. But he says, no, I'm, I'm putting people in your life that I want you to reach. Now, here's what we do. We want to pick the people. We want to. I want the ones that I ain't got a pretty big in front of them too, but I just invited the church to come back. Jesus is rich. If you're saying you come on, he's got an assignment for you. This whole Bible study, the teaching that David gives, the teaching that Brent gives, the whole design is for you to hear the word of God, respond to it in obedience, and say, All right, I know when I leave here, I'm kidding you. When you leave here, God's got, a, got an assignment for you. And some of us will walk past you and not make it. It may have to be with somebody we need to forgive. It may need to be with somebody we need to sit and talk to. It may be just like the pastor who had put out $40 for this night and says, hey, I, I figured that you had a bad time. You know what he did? 
He just done. He just done the Christian thing. He went the extra mile. You know, he he actually he turned the other cheek. If you put forty dollars on that for a deal, somebody who absolutely didn't serve you well at all, this is what you're gonna do. Just turn the other cheek, and you know what happened? He caused brain debate in her and say, "Why are you different?" All of a sudden, he felt his assignment. That's sanctification. Sanctification is you, Jesus Christ, being formed in you. That only happens by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in every part of your life. And it can only happen through obedient faith. And this is hard right here. This is hard stuff. Yes! That's why we don't do it! That's why we don't do it! It's discipline. Well, well, it's it's recognizing he's God and you ain't. He's God and you ain't. And this is what he's called us to do. So if he's God and I'm not, I would be able, I would make it. If he hadn't saved me, I would either be dead, be drunk, or in prison. I'm telling you, that would happen. That would have happened. And I am so thankful. So, for 42 years, have I been perfect? No, I haven't been perfect. But when I messed up, I told the first job one day. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who's faithful and just to forgive of all my sin. And here's what I need I need to cleanse it. And to cleanse and set me back right. So grace does this. Grace allows you to fall. And grace picks you back up and says, Come on, let's go eat. That's the process of sanctification. You still need grace every day, every moment. But I'm telling you, this is about you saying people matter to God. Howard Henry said this, he said that um, God's going to take two things off this planet and they both matter to him. One is he's going to take his word. He's going to take his word off of this planet. He's going to roll his thing up like a little ball and he's going to burn. And the other thing that he's going to take off this planet is people. And both of them matter to he leaves the church down here so you can spread the news about Christ Jesus. So you can spread the news about Christ Jesus. So you can spread the news about what happened to you. Only you know your story of how Jesus saved you. You're to be a witness. And it's to be owned on. Does anybody, is anybody not understanding this? If you don't understand, we're going over here during this next church service and we're going to figure this out. This has to happen with you. God, God, begin right now to let me make you look good in my life. Let me submit to the word of God. Let it fix me first. Let it begin to fix me. Before I start spouting to anybody else. And then when I gain, begin to gain control of it, and I can share about it, I can share about how perverted I was and how God gave me the victory over it. Let me do that. So you can actually help somebody else. Any questions? What you said a minute ago about the grace, I think that's when a lot of people have a problem. They don't truly understand grace and they get fed up with themselves and they give up on their own self because they don't understand how to grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is hard to fathom that you cannot do anything at all. You are so messed up that there's nothing you can come to God with that makes him happy. There's only one thing that will satisfy God, and that is the death of his son for you. That is the only thing that, that is grace. I, I cannot break anything. I am not good. The only reason that I can do anything good is because what Jesus done for me. That's right.
You, 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 cannot, you cannot come to him and make him happy about you. Now, can you please? When you walk in this, can you please? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I'm going to close with this. There's a young guy in Acts named Stephen. Stephen could preach, but he'd get up there and but he he could absolutely he laid it out from the old testament all the way to the present. And how the Jews had killed Jesus and how the Romans had killed Jesus. And buddy, the Jews, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the brothers, they got of course you know they stole it. I want you to know what was happening in heaven. Jesus never said anything, but let's look what he does. He's at the right hand of the Father. Let's get over here. Me. He's at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he's your advocate. And when Stephen is being stoned, listen to what he does. He gets up. Get out. Can you please him? Yes. Did that please him? Yes. Can you please him? Yes. When you become obedient to the word of God and you let that have say so in your life, and he begins to use you. For the purposes he left you down here for, yes, you do. But for salvation, you can do nothing pleasing. The only thing that pleases him is what is suffering. And you take everything you are, everything you have, everything you possess, and you say, I'm taking everything out of it. Father, we thank you for your word. We do recognize that some of this is it is difficult, but Lord, you put it in your word and it is necessary. Lord, it's necessary for us to be salt and light, to be effective witnesses for Christ Jesus because there are other people who need to hear. Our story, see our witness, and come to faith in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that that happen. And I pray that you allow the word of God to have effect in us, have say so in us, against our own will, our own plans, and our own desires. Let us put your kingdom first. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.